Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So, a lot of things have been going on. As always, my life just never seems to be calm anymore. And I know I should be used to chaos because I grew up around chaos my entire life, even after my escape has been chaos but it gets exhausting and it makes me not want to do things and I I just freeze and I've kind of been dealing with a lot of different trauma responses as my therapist put it and we're trying to kind of work through them And one of the things that he recommended is just to get up and try to live life the way that I used to and push myself to continuing to do what I always did. I don't really know what I want to talk about tonight, but I'm hoping that it will just come to me. Um, There is a case of trafficking that I want to talk about but I have suspicions that there is something bigger going on and I kind of want to look into things before I do that episode but I did get a message today from someone and a lot of people have been sending me or tagging me in videos about a trafficking bust that happened in Ohio I believe there were 160 arrested. There was over 200 arrested in Polk County in Florida. These kinds of arrests happen all the time. Um, The police set up fake online ads and the people that are looking to buy uh, answer those ads. Sometimes they have a way I'm not entirely sure how to answer ads and are able to get traffickers it's rare but it happens my issue with the way that things are set up where they are only going after buyers is a problem to me because yeah it's great to have them arrested but there's going to be survivors that take their place. And it is a good start, but it's not enough. And I feel like that is happening so much when it comes to the fight to end trafficking is that there just is not enough being done. There isn't enough people that want to listen to survivors There's not enough people that want to make laws that actually protect survivors instead of giving the the traffickers an out, so to speak. I had somebody send me a bill from a state a few years back, and I don't think that it ever made it to a vote, but... The way that the bill stated was if a woman was arrested for solicitation, 
that she could apply for victim status and she would have to prove a whole bunch of things to prove that she was a victim of trafficking and then her entire record would be wiped clean, even the arrest record. But not a lot of people know traffickers and they don't think about things. So when I was reading this bill and reading the different things listed that the victims would have to put forward in order to prove that they were a victim, I just was like, they don't have that kind of information. I mean, even when I pressed charges against the man that kidnapped and trafficked me, I literally had a police officer ask me if I had receipts of the transactions. Like, I was thinking, you know, the way social media is these days, and I'm like, well, I don't have screenshots. That's kind of a new thing. This was 10 years ago. And she said, no, actual receipts where it says that a sale was made. And I was, like, so blown away. And I was like, so let me ask you, like, are drug dealers now giving out written receipts? Like, when do criminals do that? And my case couldn't go forward. So with this law, they wanted things like that, like proof of the transactions through phone calls, text messages, and things like that, stuff that the trafficking victims just don't have for obvious reasons. And the other thing that concerned me about this bill was that they didn't really give a time limit on how long it would take. And as our constitutional right, we have a right to a speedy trial. And the victim would have to plead guilty. So... In pleading guilty, you have to admit, admit to the solicitation charges. In order for it to meet sex trafficking criteria for the trafficker, it has to show coercion, force, or fraud. If the victim is admitting to doing it, then those things are off the table. So that bill helped the trafficker in so many different ways because they could go to trial prior to the victim getting victim status and have the entire sex trafficking case thrown out. I wrote letters and expressed my concerns about the wording of the bill and different things, and I, I really don't think it was ever taken to a vote because I never heard anything about it, and I kind of tried to follow it. But these are some of the issues that we have. And I have a friend of mine that runs an organization. They take branding tattoos off of survivors. And she always says, like, the victims and survivors that she works with knows the industry, knows the business, part of it, inside and out. And she's not wrong. We do. I know exactly how the trafficking went down. And I know a lot of things. And I would share them here, but again, like I say all the time, I keep certain details to myself because I just, I don't know if a trafficker or somebody wanting to get into trafficking is listening and I don't want to give them any ideas. 
But I would love nothing more than to sit down with someone in Congress to tell them those things so they can make bills around it. But that's just not something that they care to do. And I don't understand why. There are so many times where I have reached out to local authorities that had made arrests and said that there was no connection or or no other threat to the public, yada, yada, and tried to explain it to them, but it fell on deaf ears. I mean, there was one case years ago where they said that even though the victims had some of the same traffickers, that there was nothing related. And it was, there were three traffickers, two victims, both victims were trafficked by at least two of the same people, but not a third. So that's why they said that there was no connection. And I tried to explain it to them, but they didn't listen. And there was another case where a man was arrested for trafficking out of a couple's retreat hotel. And I reached out to that local police department and told them that in the five seconds I looked at his Facebook, I could tell that he was part of a bigger ring. Again, something they didn't really want to pay attention to. And it's very frustrating because I know a lot of other survivors probably feel the same way. Like we're watching this and we're seeing all the red flags and we're reaching out, we're telling people, hey, we know what we're talking about. We lived through this. You need to look at dot, 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 and dot, and then they don't. So how much do people really want to end sex trafficking? I see people make videos all the time and that they want to spread awareness. And it is good that people are aware and people are talking about it. The problem is they talk about how many missing kids are in the United States or go missing from the United States or are missing in a certain area. And the reality of that situation is that very rarely are kids reported missing that are trafficked. The majority of people that are trafficked, and this is children as well as adults, and I'm talking in the upper 80%, close to 90%, know they're traffickers. And this is a statistic anyone can look up. This is factual that anyone can look up. And it's like, in my case, the first time I was reported missing was when I escaped. When I got kidnapped, I was not reported missing. And my trafficker took me to meet with my family and people that I knew but nobody knew everything that was going on and that's the case if they do kidnap someone they groom them they spend hours and hours and days and months even grooming them to the point that the victim goes willingly and they generally target people that nobody is going to notice is gone and like at the time when I was kidnapped, I was living by myself out of a hotel. I was essentially homeless because 
I was not always able to pay for the hotel room. And my trafficker knew that I was estranged from my family. So I was the perfect target. And when it comes to kids, just think about who a trafficker has the most availability to traffic someone. It's their children or a coach will traffic a student or an uncle, anyone in the family unit, because they have the most access to that child. But the child is returned home after the trafficking, after the sale. So who exactly is going to report the kid missing? It is horrible how many kids go missing in the U.S. every year. And I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But um, I think it's close to 15,000 are taken by a stranger. And a very short percentage of that are taken into trafficking. So just focusing on missing kids, it's not enough. And not talking about familial trafficking or people within a school, within a church, within a dance studio, or things like that. It's just not putting the spotlight where it's actually happening. And obviously, continuously talking about Epstein and Maxwell is not getting anyone anywhere because that's like the one place where certain trafficking isn't happening anymore. He has passed away and she is in prison. So we know that they're not trafficking, but yet everyone is hyper-focused there. So the places that I've seen most frequently talked about, obviously, are the island, which has been sold, and people that are creepy in Walmart. And, you know, the zip ties, the money, the flowers, a whole bunch of stuff. And it's just... It could be anything. Creepy people exist, and it doesn't always mean that it's trafficking. In fact, very rarely is it. I think the Polaris Project, who runs the Human Trafficking Hotline, put out a statement a couple of months ago that there isn't a single victim's story that began with a rose on their windshield. There are... Things like that that happen, but the only one that I could ever find a link to something was money left under the windshield, and that was a carjacking. But it's like, think about it. So a woman is in Walmart, and a man is following her around. How many people are at that Walmart? Probably hundreds. How many people are in the parking lot? There are cameras in the parking lot. Is the woman carrying, does she have a weapon in her purse? And if you can't answer, if you know the answer to that question, neither can the trafficker. So why would they want to draw attention to themselves? And I know that there were a couple times where I was followed at a grocery store. I don't think it was a trafficker. I think it was from my traffickers. 
And I went right up and told someone, but it's like these videos that are just flooding social media. They don't tell a worker, they call their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whomever, and they get in their car and open up TikTok and make a video about it. I I don't know why, and it doesn't make sense. And I don't want to call these people liars, but if you're really that terrified, why don't you get in your car and drive straight to the police station? Why don't you get a manager? Why don't you get security? Why don't you call the police to come out to the Walmart or the Target or wherever you are? So that way they can come and catch the person in the act. And it sucks to watch these videos because people pay more attention to that. And I talked about this in episodes a long time ago and said, you know, I feel like people attach to these kinds of stories because it separates themselves from trafficking as much as they can. Um, it's like if the creepy guy at Walmart is the trafficker, just have power in numbers, don't go alone, always be on the lookout, and you're safe. But how many people are talking to someone on the internet that they met through TikTok, Instagram, or whatever, and not noticing red flags? There was a woman that posted on Reddit a few days ago that her daughter had met someone on Fortnite and they were chatting and he started asking questions and some people were saying she was being overdramatic and she absolutely was not by being concerned because traffickers are there and they are grooming kids to recruit and groom other kids so while from what I'm told because I don't play Fortnite is that you can hear a voice and just because it's a child's voice doesn't mean it's not a trafficker or not related to trafficking because it's like the traffickers have evolved with technology the laws haven't but the traffickers have and everything is video now. There's a lot of like voice messages um, in a lot of online games. It's voice mess or talking. I think you can do it on Roblox now, but you have to be age verified. And I don't, I didn't do that. So I don't really know, but I think you can. Um, so it's going to be a huge red flag if you hear an older man or an older woman's voice coming through that is talking to your child. So what's the easiest solution from the trafficker's mind? Well, I know a kid that I'm trafficking, so I'm going to teach them how to groom these children through these games or through social media. And it's scary and I wish I had an answer on how to keep your kids safe besides just taking it away because I'm very against that. I, I don't think that a child should suffer because predators exist. 
I do think we need to talk to our kids and we need to teach them about red flags. If someone's asking for a full name or for, for an address or a phone number and things like that, that's some red flags you would see. If they're asking questions about your family life, about extracurricular activities, what school you go to, things like that are red flags. We can't shelter our kids from the bad guys, but we have to teach them that the bad guys exist and this is what the bad guys are going to sound like to protect them. And I don't think enough people understand that concept my children um we've had a lot of talks and there was a lot of times that they would come to me when there were predators and i did everything i could um one case um it was one of my daughter's friends and she was scared to talk to the cop because they were afraid that their parents were going to take their social media away. And it broke my heart because I'm like, here's a kid that knows this guy is a bad guy and knows he's trying to do something bad. And she doesn't want to talk to cops because she's more scared of her parents. And we can't have that. We can't have kids more scared of what their parents will do than getting targeted and unfortunately that's just how it is sometimes i don't know what exactly the answer is to that but if you go back a couple of episodes and listen to the interviews i did with my daughter she basically put a teenager's viewpoint into all of it and i really like those episodes and she made a lot of great points and actually changed my perspective about a lot of things. So if we're going to talk about trafficking, that's what we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about them preying on kids online or on games or how grooming happens for adults. We need to start talking about where it actually is happening. I have shared my story about my parents a lot and I have a whole bunch of videos on TikTok showing the different houses that I lived in and I did that because I wanted people to see exactly how normal the house and the neighborhoods that I lived in looked because they were normal in normal neighborhoods with people that were just everyday people. I mean, sex trafficking, it doesn't discriminate against societal class, against race, against age. It doesn't discriminate against anything. They will take anyone that they can. But when it comes to child trafficking, more likely than not, it's the parents or it's an uncle or it's the friend's parents. I... I don't think I would feel comfortable allowing my son to spend the night at someone's house, but he has autism. So I'm sure that clouds my judgment a little bit, but I don't think that kids should not be allowed to sleep over their friends' houses, but definitely do research into the parents. And 
spend time with the parents and look for red flags and things like that. Look for red flags in their child. If their child seems terrified or has bruises that they don't really want to talk about or is dressing inappropriately, and I don't mean dressing provocatively. I mean, when I was being trafficked, I would wear long sleeves and heavy tights um, or pants all the time to cover up bruises. And just basically everything that's taught about how to spot abuse in a child because the trafficking is abuse it's just over and over again and someone's getting paid for it when you kind of dumb it down so we got to do better and when you see a video that is talking about the client list just ignore it there's no list. It doesn't exist. And even if it did, it would do very little to stop trafficking. I saw some tweets or whatever they call it on X now that were talking about a man in Texas is the replacement of Epstein. Nobody replaced Epstein. They were there before Epstein, during Epstein, and after Epstein. Like, he wasn't the leader of trafficking around the world. Um, but if you see videos of women that are talking about creepy men, um, they're just creepy guys. If you're in a Walmart and you have someone following you, go down the soup aisle and grab cans of soup and chuck them if you feel that uncomfortable. Make a scene, be loud, scream, do a whole bunch of things to draw attention, to keep yourself safe. But don't think that every time someone follows you that it was a trafficker, because like I said, it very rarely is. And what hurts and pains me is when a woman says, I instantly called my boyfriend and I'm, I just think to myself, I wonder how much red flags that boyfriend has or what that boyfriend's doing. Do they even pay attention to the boyfriend who statistically is more likely to be trafficked, to want to traffic her or to traffic her than the guy at Walmart? So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Look up grooming. Get to know it. Um... There's a lot of good info about it, but to put it as simply as I can, it's where they get to know your weaknesses. They get to know everything about you. Like when the man groomed me, he got to know that I was, like I said, estranged from my family, homeless, all things that made me the perfect victim. When it is a teacher or something like that, uh, or another family member, it's much like the signs of sexual abuse where they treat the kid better than others or different, want to spend alone time with them, but things like that. Like, just get to know those signs of what grooming is, and that's the best way to keep yourself and your children safe. And don't be afraid to talk to your kids about it. Because at the end of the day, if you want to keep them safe, you can't keep them in the dark. I was, I obviously lived a different life. 
but there were a lot of dangers that this world has that I was never told about. And because of that is how this guy was able to target me so bad and kidnap me. And he was able to do the same things and it just ended up working out that I had been trafficked before not even knowing that's what it was called or that it wasn't normal at the point that all of that went down. So just learn about grooming. And when we talk about trafficking, we need to talk about the reality of trafficking and not just this Hollywood sensationalized version of it. I know my husband had talked to a buddy at his work and thought that trafficking was the movie taken. In and out, that's what it was. I've talked to so many people that just are blown away that it was my parents, but when I tell them statistically that's who it is, that's trafficking children, they can't believe it, but that's the truth. I had an entire family, this huge family that knew what was going on, that saw things and did nothing. I spent my entire life having every adult that I came in contact with see things and do nothing. So don't be that person for someone else. You're never going to get in trouble for making a report and finding out that nothing is going on. Make the report if you see something. Call your local police Call the um, missing and exploited children if it's a child and report it. I know a lot of people are having trouble with the human trafficking hotline from what I've been told through my resources is that they're struggling to handle all of the calls of the rumors that are going around and it's just been a nightmare for them so if you call the human trafficking hotline it they'll generally tell you they need the victim to call in now if it's one of your family members um they should take a report so there's something on file i know they did that for me with my sister but um that also was years ago before the whole wayfair and all that crazy debacle but just keep your eyes open and listen to survivors. We know trafficking. We know what it looks like because we lived it. We're going to be some of your best resources. Find organizations that are survivor-led. I know of a few that no one on their staff is a survivor, and I know there's a lot of grassroots type of ones that have been popping up everywhere. One's entire dedication is to getting the client list of Epstein. Not really sure what they expect to do to end trafficking, but they keep having so-called successful events, yet they don't have the list that doesn't exist. But that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day... Survivors are going to be the best tool, but we also have to be sensitive to the survivor 
and understand that they may not want to talk about it. They may not want to share details and we have to give them time and support to get into that place. I stayed silent until 10 years after my escape and it's hard for me to record. I've been having so many problems because of a lot of things that are happening currently in my life. So, you know, give us some patience, but the ones that are speaking their story, they are willing to put an end to it. So listen and pick up on the things that they talk about and hopefully someday we can end this heinous crime because it's horrible and it's disgusting and nobody should have to go through it. But I'm going to leave it there. I just, like I said, had no idea what I was going to talk about, but I'm going to try to start recording more, like I say, at the end of every episode. I really miss everyone, and I'm trying to get out of the funk of pretty much all the... Uh, all the trauma that I dealt with with the cult and hopefully moving on with my life. But I hope everyone listens and really gets to know grooming and listens to other survivors and myself because if we're going to end this, we're going to end it that way. But I hope y'all have a wonderful night, a great week, and I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.